Hello and welcome to Sustainable in the City, a podcast that tells inspiring stories of everyday city dwellers on a journey to a more sustainable life. I'm your host and novice sustainable light, Brooke. Have you guys heard of minimalism? I doubt you've ever heard that word. It's not a buzzword in our culture. It's not something that anyone is talking about. Well, today on Sustainable in the City, we're talking about it. We have Eric on with us, the minimalism guy, as he refers to himself and uh, is his website. And we're going to have a really great conversation about what minimalism really is. You know, I think personally that there are a ton of misconceptions in this world. I have an aspiration personally to be a minimalist, but I don't think I'm there yet. And I, you know, am slowly learning that this is about a lifestyle. It's not counting how many things are in your house or how clean and white your spaces are. Like, it's a whole way of thinking. And and I am ready to dive into minimalism. And I hope today that we clear up some misconceptions. And maybe it gets you thinking a lot about your own life and Um, One of the things that I loved about Eric's blog and some of the things that I've seen even on his Instagram and resources is we we don't just talk about stuff in your house. There's a lot more to minimalism. There's a lot more to this lifestyle. And I don't think if you're not familiar with it, as I'm not, I don't think that people always understand that. And, you know, I I struggle with a lot of the same things that we are going to talk about today. So I, I hope that you guys are ready to learn from Eric He's super fun. He lives in the Austin area. So if you're out there, meet up with him because I'm sure he'd love to grab coffee with you. But but until then, and until you can go to Austin and do all the cool things there, let's talk to Eric, the minimalism guy. All right. Well, thanks again, Eric, for joining me today. I'm so excited to talk to you and learn a lot more about minimalism. Uh, Can you introduce yourself and kind of give our audience a little background on you, who you are, what you do, all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Eric Heater, and I live in Austin, Texas. Um, I'm 37 years old and work in property management and real estate. Um, I've got a fiance and a seven-month-old puppy here at home, so they both keep me pretty busy. Um, And I started my blog and brand, if you will, The Minimalism Guy, about seven months ago and have been working really hard to kind of promote it, launch it, and grow it. That's awesome. Um, what What do you think made you start your journey? Like, how did you get interested in this whole world of minimalism? Yeah, so about two years ago, um, on Christmas Day, actually, I had some downtime from the family, and I found this uh, documentary on Netflix called Minimalism, a Documentary About the Important Things. Um, you know, again, I had heard about minimalism, but didn't know too much about it in depth. And I watched this documentary, And my mind was blown pretty much. Um, I got so much out of the content. I thought, you know, what they were speaking of really spoke to me and resonated with me on a kind of a deeper level. And pretty much from there, I just started doing as much research as I possibly could on the topic and became pretty much obsessed with all things minimalism. So what you're basically saying is that Netflix can change your life. (laughs) I'm just trying to find an excuse for all my binge watching. That's really it. (laughs) Yeah, scrolling aimlessly through Netflix uh, can change your life if you find the right content. (laughs) Well, I actually um, started that documentary and I will say, to be honest, I have not finished it, but it is on my list because even starting watching it, um, it was really eye-opening. And my husband, I would say, actually is way more... 
minimalist as far as his whole philosophy of life goes. And so I started watching it because I wanted to understand that a lot more and kind of figure out how I fit into that whole world too. So I also recommend it, even though I haven't finished it. It was really good so far. Um, so what, how, what exactly changed? Like, what does your life look like so far? How did, like, where were you and like, where are you now as far as minimalism goes? Yeah, it's been really interesting. So before I started, I was your typical guy in his early thirties, um, you know, single, no kids. So I had some expendable income and it's kind of living the life, you know, brunches on the weekends, out dancing with friends, you know, on the weekends, shopping to shop. Um, I ended up having, you know, quite a bit of debt from shopping habits. I had, you know, the latest car, the latest tech, the cute apartment, all the things you have as a career guy in your early 30s, you know, to kind of show off and be part of the consumerism society that we live in. So I'm watching this documentary and just like, you know, things start pinging for me and light bulbs start going off that, wow, so, you know, I have all these things that I don't really use. There's kind of cluttering up my life and my space. I've got this debt for stuff that I really can't even kind of show for it. Um, and I decided that I wanted to have that sense of freedom and joy that I was seeing the people in the documentary have through minimalism. So that's really what kind of launched me on my journey into, you know, I'm exploring and discovering more about it. So do you still live in the same place? Like, did you downsize? Like, did anything physically change in that aspect? Yeah, so not immediately. Um, I lived in an apartment by myself at that point, about 700 square feet. And I never really changed my physical space as a result of minimalism. um, But I changed the internal kind of structure of the space, if you will. So after that documentary, one of the first things I did was a declutter of my living room and kitchen. And I really had no idea what I was doing. I was just kind of, you know, pulling for the documentary and a couple things I found on Google, and just kind of got rid of some stuff. There was really no thought process behind it. And even from that little declutter that I did, I could start to kind of understand why people got back time after decluttering and how their space was more freeing and more simple and more relaxful. Um, And that kind of launched me again into just figuring out how can I learn more about this? Um, How can I make this more of a step-by-step process? And how can I get value personally out of this process? So do you have a goal long-term? Is it about traveling? Do you want to live in a tiny house? Do you have a specific thing that you're aiming for? (laughs) So I think one of the misconceptions about minimalism is that there's kind of an end goal or a spot that you get to and all of a sudden you've kind of perfected minimalism. So the way that I look at minimalism is more about kind of decluttering my life in all areas to find space and time to be happy. Um, So really my goal is to just not clutter up my life with things that don't make me happy, don't bring me joy, that cause me anxiety or stress. How can I eliminate and declutter all of those things? And it might be belongings, it might be relationships, um, it might be digital clutter, it might be things at work, um, to make sure that I have enough space and time in my life to really focus on the activities and the people and the things that I love and that make me happy. I think that's awesome um, and a great perspective because I agree with you. I I don't think always that... Um, I mean, there there are some people that I think are like, I want to travel forever. So clearly, I need my life to fit in a backpack like that. That is a very tangible thing that some people do. Um, but that's obviously not everybody's goal. So. So um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting in my own life was before uh, I moved from Phoenix to Kansas City, my husband and I went on a road trip for eight weeks across the country. And we basically got rid of everything in our apartment and kept like a five by five storage unit of stuff and whatever fit in our car and got rid of everything else. And in the beginning, it really was tough. Like I, I don't really, I don't find that I'm a very sentimental person with things in my life, but I I think that I grew up in a family where there was a little bit of um, self-worth in what belongings you had. Like, you know, you felt cool because you had all these 
name brand clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that was hard for me. Like, am I losing my identity because I don't have this stuff anymore? And getting through that was really something that I didn't expect. But did you find when you first started, did you have anything that you struggled with or areas that were like really hard to let go of? I had a very similar experience to where when I did my first declutter of my closet, I didn't expect to have the emotional attachment to things that I did. Um, I had things that I've never worn before that don't fit me well, that I had in the no pile, and I physically could not get myself to take them out of the house. I actually put them back in my closet. And then there were things that I would go back and forth, back to the no pile from, back to the closet. And I would just sit there for 10, 15 minutes looking at this item thinking, I've never worn it. It doesn't really bring me joy. Why am I so attached to this shirt? Um, And there's a lot of things that can attribute to that, you know, baggage from childhood and societal pressures and your ego and you know, trying new styles that maybe aren't, aren't your thing or that, you know, um, aren't you. Um, but yeah, it was really difficult in the beginning to, to kind of let go of certain things. Um, and then you have sentimental things, of course, that hold significance and value from family and gifts and, you know, things you pick up along life along the way that have, you know, value, you know, from experiences and, you know, past relationships, things like that. I think, you know, one of the things that I was surprised about just learning what I even know about minimalism and, Uh, In my last episode, when we were talking about that tidying up show, I think there's such a gamut of what minimalism means. I'm actually on this Facebook group for um, minimalist moms because uh, I'm giving you a spoiler alert, but I'm actually having a baby in June. So um, I've just been kind of exploring, like not going crazy in the whole world of like, there's a new human, I can buy all these things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I joined this group on minimalist moms and it's such a gamut of people. There's people in giant houses that to me, I'm like, how would you be a minimalist? And then there's people that live in like a trailer and like have a tiny little space. And to me would be like the stereotypical minimalist. But why do you think there's such a a misconception about a minimalism having like five things in their little tiny house and that's a minimalist, right? Like, where did that come from? Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about minimalism. Um, I think a lot of people focus on the tangible things, the things you own and possess, which you know are a part of minimalism, of course, when we talk about decluttering and and what you purchase. But you know minimalism more so is kind of a mindset and a lifestyle. So you know the way that I like to think about it is what is my intention behind anything that I do? Um, am I you know doing this to bring myself joy and happiness, or am do you know am I doing this out of obligation? Am I buying this you know out of ego? Am I buying this out of vanity to keep up with the Joneses? Um, did I see an ad on social media and I want to be cool and hip and trendy like the YouTuber? Um, so I have to think about all those things with everything that I'm doing to make sure that it kind of falls in line with my values as a minimalist. Um, so to answer your question in a very long about answer, you know, you can be a minimalist and live in a 3,000 square foot house. If, if that house makes you happy and you're able to afford it um, and it's not full of clutter, of course, you know, there's no less value in living in a large space compared to somebody who might live in a 200 square foot apartment and calls themselves a minimalist. I think people tend to put these kind of rules and ramifications and, and parameters on minimalism, if you will, that really aren't necessarily how it has to be. Sure. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And I do think that you're right. I think that a lot of the conversation and even in my own head has been about how many things you have, not your lifestyle and your intention behind having those things. Um So I think that that's a really good perspective. And it kind of leads me to like, you know, when you are in a store, is that really what you're thinking about? Like, does this, is this going to add value to my life? Like, do I need this? Like thinking about those things and changing your mindset, I think is totally different than, oh, I saw this cool shoe in a Facebook ad. So now I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Absolutely. And by going through decluttering exercises, like if you watched the 
uh, documentary or, or the series on Netflix by Marie Kondo, you know, those kind of decluttering activities like uh, take some time and some effort and some real emotion to kind of get through that at times. So, you know, having gone through those exercises, when I am shopping now, I actually do take the time to pause and ask myself, you know, do I need this? You know, does this bring me value? Am I going to love it? Uh, do I have anything at home that serves a similar purpose already that, you know, would negate me buying this item? Um, so I do actually have kind of that thought process behind every purchase or even things that are given to me. If somebody offers me something free in the past, oh my God, yes, I'll take it. Um, whereas now I'm like, wait a minute, you know, is this something that really adds value to my day? Do I need it in my home? Is it just going to be clutter in a month? Um, and if the answer is no to those questions and I don't buy it or I don't accept it. And I think that, you know, from like I just said, you know, having a baby, I think that's the world that I'm in right now because people are offering me free stuff all the time. People are buying me gifts and I am so grateful for that. But I'm like, what do I need? Like, what's just extra? And I have no idea right now, honestly, like what that is, like what is necessary versus what's extra because we live in such an extra society that I'm like, no, I just want like, how can I like survive my life when I'm sleep deprived, not be terrible. <laughs> and that's it. Like, I don't want to go crazy. And it's so hard not to. So I, I think right now that's where I'm at. Like, I don't, I don't know how to answer some of those questions because I've, it's just a totally foreign new world for me and my family. Um, but it's something that I definitely like want to get to. Yeah. And I think you're going into it with the right mindset. I mean, it's a new experience. You're not quite sure what you're going to need. So there's nothing wrong with being prepared. You know, I think, you know, if your baby has 14 pairs of pants when they're born, that might be you know, a tad excessive for some, you know, but again, I, you know, um, I feel like you've got the right attitude and the right, you know, kind of uh, focus going into it. So um, I think that'll be a good learning experience that maybe you can even document for yourself and, and you know, blog or write about. <laughs> sure. Do you... Um... So when you buy things and when you've like looked at stuff around your own house, does sustainability and sustainable products really play a role in your decisions right now? Or how do you think that those two worlds kind of fit in together? Yeah, not specifically for me when you talk about sustainability. Um, I'm personally not too focused on that side of it through minimalism. Sure. Um, I can definitely see, though, um, in doing some research on sustainability um, and how the two go hand in hand. I mean, someone who's living a sustainable lifestyle is, you know, probably already practicing basic minimalist principles. They just don't even know it, you know, buying less, buying smarter and trying not to negatively impact, you know, the environment or other people with their purchases or with their actions. Those kind of go hand in hand with basic principles and minimalism as well. Um, I've had my eyes opened a little bit to some of my practices and some of the things that I do, you know, based on my research of what you do. So, you know, thank you for that. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> a little bit more aware now of maybe uh, some of the, you know, uh, footprint that I'm putting on the world um, as sure. I go through my day. So it's definitely an eye-opening experience to talk to you and to have, you know, sustainability in the background now. Well, and I think personally that minimalism fits in anyway, because, um, I think sustainability outside of what things are actually made out of, like the whole plastic world and a lot of fabrics and what's happening culturally, I think that just having less stuff and being less of a consumer in general makes you more sustainable. So um, I definitely think that there's a role for products and buying things that are just better quality and organic or whatever. But I definitely just I think that doing less and being less of consumer culture is is bringing us there, too. So. I've always thought that minimalism and just being intentional about what you're doing and buying and not just being a robot, for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, is, is part of the sustainable world. Like they just kind of go together to me. Yeah. And that's one of the misconceptions about minimalism as well, is that you have to buy cheap or you can't spend money. 
So I'd rather spend $150 on a pair of jeans that I know are great quality, have great reviews, and and will last me two or three years than to maybe buy the $10 or $15 jeans from H&M or, you know, another brand is kind of fast fashion, if you will, that I know in two months are going to tear or rip and I'm going to have to purchase a new pair. So for me, I kind of think long term about it. And I kind of, you know, buy smarter, buy higher quality and I buy to last. Um, so I only need one pair of blue jeans because I know that that, you know, pair is going to last and, and will, you know, maintain uh, throughout the next year or two. So that, you know, in turn helps my closet stay decluttered, helps my budget stay decluttered. Um, so I kind of think of it in that respect, too, when I'm shopping or making purchase decisions, whereas I don't always look for the cheap option to be minimal. You know, sometimes the you know better vehicle, sometimes the better product is is truly a better choice, you know, for your minimalism lifestyle or for your sustainability in the long run. I agree. And I think a lot of the um, zero waste uh, movement in general is very interesting to me because it's a lot about that. It's like my husband loves to use paper towels, but every time you use a paper towel, I'm like, why can't I just buy like a washcloth and just use that over and over and over again? And then I don't have to spend whatever amount of money I would spend in a year on paper towels. Like, yeah, it might be more expensive to buy these like nice things that are going to last a lot longer, but in the long run, it's actually saving you money because you're not replacing it every two months or whatever it is. So Exactly. Uh, I, I think that a lot of people don't talk about that stuff. You know, they just think about like, oh, you're like a hippie or you're a minimalist or sustainable or whatever. But no, like, yeah, it's really it might be more expensive in the beginning, but in the end, it's really not that expensive. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I totally uh, clothing is a hard one for me because I just I grew up not really caring about it. And so I'm totally the one that's like, I could just spend $10 on a shirt, but I know that like that's not the best, <laughs> the best thing to do. So I still struggle with that one, but I am learning that, yes, that is a better route to go. Yeah. Shopping is a tough one. Um, I definitely, before minimalism, enjoyed just going to the stores on the weekends and browsing to find deals and buying things to buy things. So that uh, you know has been kind of an ongoing struggle for me. Sometimes I kind of fall back into you know, the old pattern of wanting to go and check things out or just, you know, browse and try to find deals. But I've learned that, you know, I, um, my time is better spent on doing the things that really make me happy, like working on my blog or doing research for content for, you know, future podcasts and things like that. So I've had to kind of flip the script and, and give myself a new perspective on how I look at, you know, I'm not only my space and, you know, the uh, physical things that I have, but also how am I using my time towards my goals as well. So is your fiance, would you say, on board with minimalism or have, have they had to kind of come along on the journey with you or what does that look like, like relationally? That's a funny question. <laughs> um, so I am a businessman, super organized and into minimalism. And my partner is an artist and a hairstylist and a maximalist. <laughs> he, <laughs> he loves things. He loves to shop. And he's a little bit more free flowing with that side of our life. Um, so it's been a bit of a challenge to share a space with someone who, you know, who's not necessarily on the you know exact path of minimalism as me. Um, there's been you know a great opportunity for me to kind of educate him and for him to see some of the benefits through what I've done with minimalism. Um, but it's definitely a balance of shared space. You know, one of the tools that we do, he has his own closet, I have mine, um, and in his closet, he's allowed to do whatever he wants with the organization tools he uses. Um, and in my closet, it's it's very organized and merchandised and and minimalized, if you will. Um, so it's definitely kind of a, a you know fence that you have to walk on in a relationship and minimalism when both 
aren't practicing as much together. Um, but we work it out <laughs> as best we can. Yeah. Well, and I think that's funny because like I kind of mentioned earlier, my husband and I are the opposite of you guys. My husband is like the minimalist. I think he has like five shirts in his closet and like two pairs of pants and that's it. <laughs> and so whenever, especially having a baby, like I'm like, okay, here's the list of things that I think we need. He's like, that's so much stuff. I'm like, but it's really like compared to what it could be, it's not. So I'm the one that's like trying to learn more and trying to do better and really be conscious of what we're buying and things because I know that he's always cared about it and it's important to him. But yes, we, we are those same people. He has his own closet. I have mine, but I, it's kind of funny. I'm the one that probably has more things, but I'm also more organized. So it's kind of a weird mixture of how, how we work together. Yeah. We've recently done a closet clean out. Um, he did one, you know, on his own, um, you know, which was great to see. And you know, I think he's seeing the benefits of having kind of a cleaner space and less stress and anxiety in the morning, getting ready for work and, for personal events and things like that. So, um, you know, I'd like to think that I'm rubbing off in a way, but you know, I'm also <laughs> to the point in my life at 37 where, you know, you know, this is my path and something that I'm super passionate about and, and, and he is not. So I've got to be respectful of that. And, you know, just ask that he be respectful of, you know, kind of my, uh, you know, my passion and activities surrounding minimalism the best he can, but I try not to force it down anybody's throat who, who may not feel confidently sure. about the topic as I do. Yeah. And I, I think that that's the best approach to it. You know, like my husband still lets me decorate and do the crazy things that I love, even though he may not totally get why I like that. <laughs> so I definitely think that that, and at least in our relationship, that's how it's kind of worked best too, is to like, you mutually agree that this is important and you agree what common spaces look like and how they work. And then you allow people to be free outside of that. So I think that people think, you know, again, that, you know, all minimalists have to have this perfect white house with great furniture and there's no clutter and never any dishes in the sink and there's never laundry out. And you see these YouTube videos and pictures on Instagram. I mean, I'm guilty of posting them on my Instagram as inspiration pics, but, um, and that's not everyday minimalism for most people. So, you know, you have to be kind of kind with yourself, patient with yourself. It, it, it's not really a destination. Like I said earlier, it's more of a journey. Um, and some days my space looks extremely minimal and everything is so organized and, and, you know, in the perfect spot. And then other days I have a bad week at work and my home may not look like the exact minimalist dream that, that most people would see on social media or, you know, on some of the YouTube channels that people watch. Um, but I just keep in mind that, you know, to be kind with myself, patient with myself, it's a work in progress. I'm, I'm still constantly editing, you know, areas of my life when it comes to decluttering. Cause it, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's not just about things in your home. There's so many other areas in your life that minimalism can benefit. Um, so again, it's really just a work in progress and a continual edit of, of your space and, and your life. Yeah. And you know, I actually, uh, I grew up with a very organized person and uh, she's actually gotten super into kind of minimalism lately. And one of the things that she said was like, cluttering isn't a one-time activity. Like you're always, or decluttering, I mean, you're like always going to do it forever, no matter what, how much stuff you have or how little stuff you have. Like it's always something that you're going to be doing or exactly. mentally, like, you know, the other aspects of your life, like you're always going to be decluttering. So it's not like a one and done oh, I did this on a Saturday. I'm good forever. Nope. <laughs> exactly. And I think, again, people just kind of think a bit about, you know, tangible things and their possessions. And there's so many other areas to take the principle in. You know, one big thing that I'm focused on now is my time declutter. You know, I find that I don't have enough time to work on, um, you know, my blog or my podcast hopes. Um, so I'm working now to kind of, you know, reevaluate what I'm spending my time on. You know, who are the people in my life that are taking up that time? Are they, 
you know, making me happy? Are they, you know, helping me towards my goals? Um, am I doing things that I don't really want to be doing? And why am I doing things that I don't want to be doing? So I'm doing this kind of whole time and schedule declutter right now, which has been really, really interesting um, to see, you know, because I'm to blame really for the reason why I don't <laughs> have time to focus on the things that I love and want to focus on because I'm doing a lot of things that I really don't want to be doing. So I'm trying to figure out kind of interesting ways to, you know, not do those things anymore. And, you know, some of it's been relationship declutter where I've had to kind of take a hard look at some of the, you know, friendships and relationships in my life and, you know, make a decision on whether or not they're healthy for me and are they helping me towards my goals and lifting me up or are they causing me drama and toxicity? And so there's so many different areas to take minimalism. I think people just focusing on decluttering their closet would be kind of doing themselves a disservice and not... <laughs> dive a little deeper and see what other areas they can benefit it from. Cause you know, some of the biggest benefits that I've received from the you know year and a half that I've, I've been involved in, in minimalism is, is not just, you know, my closet declutter, but all the other areas of life that it's kind of helped get me back to, you know, where I want to be. Sure. No, that makes a ton of sense. Do you actually do like um, activities for that kind of stuff or is it like more of a introspection not like meditation but you know what I mean like do you do physical things when you do those kind of audits or do you is it more just like introspective on your free time you just think about this stuff yeah so I'm a big writer just kind of a jotter down in my notebook journal so I'm in the background kind of working on a system or kind of some steps for this as one of my goals you know with the minimalism guy to help people with a kind of tangible system to help them get to this place um, but what I do really is just kind of a pros and cons list, or I'll just sit and kind of write it out. You know, what am I looking to achieve by decluttering this area of my life? You know, what are the positive things that are coming from it? What are the negative? You know, I want more time in my week, so I've got to eliminate things. So I'll list out all the things that I do, all the responsibilities that I have, and try to figure out where I can cut. Um, you know, some things we can't not do. You know, there's certain things in life that we just have to do, we're obligated to do that we don't like doing, and it's just, you know, uh, we can't help that. But I found that there's a lot of areas where we can make decisions that help kind of get us to that point. Um, so through writing or just journaling, I've, I've kind of found it helps me get to that decision-making spot. Um, I can meditate on things and think about them, but for me, I've got to get them out on paper to, to, to really work through them. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think um, it's, again, goes back to the whole thing about being intentional. You have to, if you want more time, you have to be intentional in thinking about these things, no matter how you do it, whether you write it down or whatever if you're very like nope I'm just gonna cut this like some people are really good at that I'm also not a person that can just like wake up one day and be like that's done <laughs> cut <laughs> so um so yeah it's just about being intentional I think no matter what exactly. aspect of your life it is I think um that makes a lot of sense well that's awesome so what would you say to people and I'm sure you do this with your Instagram and stuff and your blog but um, or who you're writing to but what about people that are kind of dipping their toe in the water maybe they saw, saw that tidying up show or maybe they're kind of thinking that they feel overwhelmed in general in life and they they want to get some freedom back and they want to be more intentional what how would you say that they start what should they do what would be next steps for them yeah so some of the recommendations that i give to friends family or people that approach me is to really take some time and to sit and think about what your intentions behind wanting to explore minimalism might be you know are you looking to get more time back in your schedule like we talked about are you looking to you know to declutter your home or space for a less stressful environment um, are you looking at toxic relationships that might be draining you? Are you in debt for shopping? You know, there's so many things that can kind of drive you towards minimalism. But for me, it's really about sitting down and kind of figuring out what are your values and intentions behind it and, and what is your ultimate goal of exploring the you know, lifestyle of minimalism. Um, 
I got a lot of content in the beginning from influencers in the space. I did a lot of research on YouTube. I did a lot of research on Google just to help me better understand what minimalism was. Um, I've got a couple of great resources on my website that you can check out as well. Um, and then for the physical side of it, I just started with one space. I just started with my living room and I got some tips offline and did a basic declutter. And just from the freedom that I found from that little declutter of that one space in my home, um, it kind of launched me into wanting to try to build that into other areas of my life. So I think the easiest tip to give somebody is, you know, A, kind of find your intention behind it and B, just start small, pick a small space or a small part of your life that you want to try to declutter and, and clean up and, and go from there. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think the more overwhelmed you get in the process all at once, it's actually detrimental to you. So, <laughs> And again, don't compare yourself. It's really difficult looking at some of the minimalism blogs and brands and online with these picture perfect homes and spaces. And, you know, for me, minimalism is personal to everyone and you go at your own pace. You know, I may never have a, you know, like a perfectly open 2000 square foot home overlooking the ocean with white cabinets and marble floors <laughs> and perfectly white furniture with not a, you know, dot of clutter in the home or decoration that that to me is not reality for me personally but that doesn't make me any less of a minimalist and it doesn't make anyone else less of one either so you know don't compare yourself and just start little and and build upon you know from there and I think someone told me once that especially on Instagram but I think you only see like 20 percent of someone's reality and a lot of what they show so I've always used that as a benchmark of like their home might look like this like 20% of their life, maybe. Or it's like a magazine that they just staged an empty house and that's where I go. I'm like, nope, that's not even real. <laughs> I've got to constantly remind myself too because I'm like, oh my God, I've got a minimalism brand. I'm the minimalism guy. Why doesn't my home look like this? You know, I have an average apartment that's very cute and, and very well decorated, but you know, it definitely doesn't look like some of the images that we see. So I've got to constantly kind of, you know, even for me, somebody so passionate and into it, constantly remind myself that, you know, my reality and my version of minimalism is fine for me and, and just perfect the way it is. No, I totally agree with that. Well, that's awesome. Um, any last kind of things that you want to mention about the whole minimalism journey or your story or where people can find you? Uh, for sure. Uh, people can check me out uh, at my social media at The Minimalism Guy. Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also check out my website and blog at theminimalismguy.com. Um, stay tuned in the future uh, for potential podcast and YouTube content as well. I'm debating on which direction to go currently, but I definitely have a lot that I want to share and I want to start documenting my journey um, in one of those formats. So stay tuned uh, for news on that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again. This has been really fun talking to you and learning a lot more about the real minimalism, not what we see <laughs> in our culture. So I really appreciated that. Great. Thank you so much.